Hey, uh, we are continuing our Proverbs series tonight. We get to wisdom. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about friendship, spiritual friendships. What does friendship look like? And I've got some, some quotes that I want to share with you. Uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You can tell a lot about a person from the people that they hang out with. These good grief. This front row right here. Good grief. Right? Okay, it's like like these friendships, these are modern day proverbs. And they tell us about like the way in which we spend our lives, the people in which we spend our lives with will define us. Whether we like it or not, who we hang out with does define who we become. What we also know is that God himself was a very relational God, and he was a God that cared deeply about relationships. As he had relationships within himself, and as he now has relationships with his people, and as he now speaks to his people through Holy Spirit. And we know that God cares so deeply about friendship, about spiritual friendships, about relationships, that we find out that in the Proverbs, it is riddled with Proverbs about friendship. And so we're going to be looking at a lot of them tonight. So I hope that you have your notebooks out, uh, ready to write these things down so that you can maybe look back later. We're going to move as quickly as we can through them so that we can see what it would be like for us to have spiritual friendships. Because again, we're in a series called Got Wisdom. Okay. Now what I know about your generation, about the uh, college student today, is that you will be the most educated generation in all of American history. Oh, right? For real. It's not what my mom says. <laughs> it's not what my mom says either. Okay? And, but the question is, what will you be wise in? Will it be just knowledge? Or will you be able to make right decisions? What we learned last week is that the path of wisdom in one, is one in which as we follow after God that we learn how to make right decisions. We get this idea of God wisdom right from the uh, milk campaign in the 90s. Got milk. And I have a picture to share with you from one of our friends. Yeah, that's how God Vice President of Student Affairs, uh, and he is a dear friend of Kai Alpha. Um, I texted Duran. I actually didn't know this picture was going to be Duran tonight until I got here. Uh, so I was standing in the back, and I found it was going to be Duran. I texted him and said, "Hey, man, I want you to know, like, because some of you, you were worried about this, okay?" Um, I said, "Hey, I just want, I want to confirm that you know that you holding milk is going to be shown on the screen during the message tonight." And he said, "Yes, I do know that." I said, well, here's another thing that I didn't mention to you when, when they had you take the picture, is that you're actually mentioned in tonight's message. He said, no. No, they told me that my picture was going out. I'm like, no, no, you're in my notes. Like, you're, you're like in the message message. And so I'm just really excited. So I'm going to leave you that cliffhanger, and you'll find out why Duran is in the message tonight at some point down the road, down the path. So we're going to be talking about what it means to be spiritual friends. And here's what I know. What I know is that friendships, that relationships can be a very difficult part of our life. Okay, like, here we go. Why don't you guys tell me, what is the worst part about college? You, can, you start yelling some things out. Just tell me what it's like. Bureaucracy. What's the worst part about college? Yeah, what is it? What is it? You're right, you're right, it's group projects, right? Do you know group projects are the 
absolute worst part of college. And there is nothing redeeming about a group project. You know what I mean? You, many of you have been in group projects, you get assigned the group, or you get to pick the group, and you're like, how did I get myself in this situation? And it gets to the end of it, and you're like, I did all of the work. And the professor's like, how much credit would you like to give to the other person? And you're like, I want to say zero. I'm not going to say zero because I know they're going to answer this question about me too. And so now I don't know what to do. And I don't know your thoughts for their credit. But they literally didn't do anything. And for those of you in the room that cannot relate to that statement, you're part of the problem. <laughs> Call them out. You know what I mean? Like, you're that person in the group project. You're like, yo, I'm just here. Like, you just give me that grade. Like, we ain't even worried about it. Like, it'll, it'll take care of itself. It does not take care of itself. When we find ourselves in these moments with group projects, we realize that this is actually going to be the rest of your working life. It's going to be in a great big group project. But it drives us to want to be individualistic. Like, can't I just get my grade on my own? Can't I just figure this out myself? Why do I have to rely on other people? And it can sometimes be the most frustrating part of being in college. I always remember, like, I do, please do not put me with the person that is always five minutes late. Do you know what I mean? Like, that person that rolls in and, like, nobody knows their name, right? They roll right out, and then all of a sudden they get assigned to my group. Like, no, I was here early. I do not deserve the late person. Okay? So. Okay, and, and it's like, so group projects are like a, a funny thing about our life in college, but then it's like they push us towards like a desire for indi individuality. And we find ourselves sometimes, maybe, maybe I find myself, maybe you find yourself being like, I would just be better if I was just on my own. I'm tired of the hallmate drama. I'm tired of the roommate drama. I'm tired of the drama with my friends. I'm tired of the drama with my, with my family. I'm tired of the, the drama with my golf teammates. Like, I'm just tired of this drama. <laughs> I would just be so much better on my own. Did you know the human brain has, like, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I took like half a science class in college, so I'm not going to I say half because I only went half the time. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and my transcript proves it, like, let me tell you. Uh, did you know that the human brain has 100 billion neurons? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't, you did. <laughs> wow, I forgot we were on East Campus. My apologies. <laughs> Uh, uh, did you know, I don't know why I'm saying this, because clearly you all did know, uh, when you're born, 20 to 25% of those neurons work, and they are uh, your survival ones, like they're what is necessary to survive. In order for the other 75 to 80% of the neurons to function correctly, you need interactions with other people. Your brain is literally hardwired to be in community, to have friends, to talk with people to sit across the table with people, to share coffee with people, to get a meal together, to travel together, to go to the game together, to watch Zion crawl across the floor. <laughs> Your brain is wired to be in community. All right, so that, like, and here's another thing that I know is that we often define ourselves within the context of how we relate to others. And so when I go to uh, school in the afternoon, Spotswood Elementary School, 
Okay, there's a lot of people that are there at the same time as me. We show up at 3.30. I'm picking up Esther and Judah. And every time I'm there, there are the same parents that are there. Here's the thing. I know very few of those parents' actual names. I know them as Birch's mom. I know them as Bodie's dad. Okay? Uh, I do not, I'm like, it's like I know them as the kid that wears the shoes that don't match his mom, right? Okay, like there's different, like mismatching Crocs is kind of a thing in elementary school right now. I don't know what's the thing that you guys do, but yeah, they, it's like, did you buy two pairs? Are you sharing them with a friend? Like in high school, we wore other people's letter jackets. Is that what this is? I don't know, this is elementary school. I don't think so. I mean, why are your feet the same size? I don't know, I have all these questions. Okay, and we're often known with how we relate to other people. And so let me, let me do, uh, let me talk about some different circles of relationship with which we have. Okay, first, the first one is, uh, how many of you in the room have a first name? Anybody? Yes, all of you, right? Okay, this is the individual circle. Like, this is the circle of yourself, okay? Okay, and then how many of you in the room have a last name? Again, yes, many of you, right? Okay, so this last name, this is your family circle. Okay, so now that you see you have, have, are not only in relationship with yourself, you're then in relationship with a family, and then as the circle gets bigger, you now are in the context of like an affinity group, or a place, a thing in which you do, or things in which you enjoy. The next one as it gets bigger is by geography. We are assigned relationships, and we see ourselves within relationships by the places in which we live. The borders, the university that we go to, the dorm that we live in, uh, the house that we live in, the place in which we're from, which is Nova uh, or New Jersey, right? Like, welcome to JMU, right? Uh, and then finally, and maybe the most important category about which we define the relationships in which we have is our theology. C.S. Lewis was talking about friendship, says that one of the most important things about friendship is that friendship must be formed around a common purpose. That friendships are formed side by side as we walk together through life, moving towards the same purpose. And when we think about friendship, what I understand is that friendship can be a very difficult word for some of us. Like, I look back at my younger years, and I'm like, I had no friends. I didn't know how to make friends. There was nobody around me that was teaching me how to make friends. I felt very awkward. I felt very shy. And I'm like, I wish I had friends. And I found myself doing things when I got into high school in order to make friends that were not beneficial to me. We were not moving towards the correct goal. The theology with which we had was not helpful. The thing in which we were centered around was not growing me deeper in my relationship with God and was not helping me become a better version of myself. And so when we think about spiritual friendships, that these must be things in which we would be walking side by side and face to face with people. And what I know is that friendships can be extremely difficult in this day and age. They can be extremely difficult because we feel like we are more connected to anyone, but yet we feel so alone. The screen has made it so easy to stay connected with people, but you can't hand out soup through a screen. When someone's hurting, when someone's sick, when someone needs something, that emoji doesn't quite do it. 
And so we need to learn how to live in community. What I also know is that some of the most formative years in this fly is just like, do you see it? Like, I probably did. I don't remember. Um, the world in which you have grown up in, some of the most formative years of your life, you were not allowed to interact with other people. COVID. Right? You couldn't go to school. Everything was done virtually. You couldn't see other people. There was a lot of fear based on relationship and how safe have they been? How unsafe have they been? Is this all made up? Is it not made up? There's a lot of different lines that we can draw and find ourselves in. And we found ourselves in those, some of those most formative years of our life being like friendships and community and like real relationships were very difficult to come by. And so now what do we do? What does it even look like to, to have a spiritual friend? How do you even build friendship? How do you choose friendship? What does this even look like? I'm so glad you asked. Let's turn to the Proverbs together and see what the Lord would say to his people when it comes to making and having spiritual friendships. The first point tonight is that choosing friends is a big deal. You can turn with me to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26. I think they're on the screen this week. Yeah. Good job, me. Thank you. Go, Kayla. Go, Kayla. Oh, I'm Josh. Go, Josh. <laughs> Proverbs 12, 26 is the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. We see this later in chapter 22, verses 24 and 25. The proverb says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. There's a question I have for you. Have you ever been around a person that you knew was not good for you? Have you ever built a friendship that you're like, I'm not sure that we should remain friends, because I feel like every time that we're around each other, I become a worse version of myself. You're in those moments where they're asking you to do things, or they're saying things, or you're learning words that you know that you're not supposed to say, and you find yourself in these situations, and you're like, why, how have I gotten here? Why have I gotten here? What the Proverbs would tell you is that choosing friends is one of the most important things that you could do. When you think about forming your life, when you think about building spiritual friendships, the way in which you choose your friends will be incredibly important. Like when it says, like, do not associate with a hot-tempered person. Uh, like, do not think about a person that, like, is breathing fire. Like, a person that is um, constantly uh, bringing you into a situation which would not be the best, best version of yourself. Here, here's a hot take. You don't have to be friends with the people that the university assigned you to. Okay? Like, the university has assigned you a dorm. The university has assigned you a hall, and like there are moments in our lives where you know the situation comes up and it's like, are we going to live together next year? I really don't want to. I don't know how to do this. What should I do? But, but we are assigned together, and so we then must become friends for the rest of our college career. That's just not true. Some of you in the room right now are looking at me like, did you write this message specifically for me? Yes and no. In my years of doing campus ministry, I've seen this play out over and over again. You meet somebody your first week of college, and it's like, we're just going to be friends for the next four years, even if they aren't good for you. 
you know, like I, the Proverbs would say, the way in which you choose friends, how you choose friends, and choosing friends is a very important part of your life. I should probably take a moment to distinguish here that when I talk about these types of friendships, I believe that every single Jesus person should be friends with people who don't know and love Jesus. I believe that wholeheartedly. I have multiple people in my life right now that I can name that I am actively praying for. I'm hoping that they're listening to this podcast at some point in their life, so I'm not going to mention them by name right now. We hang out together. We talk. We walk. We, we do life together. And we can have friendship. And we do have friendship. But tonight's message is on spiritual friendships. Like these friendships that are going to lead us closer to Jesus, that are going to allow us to meet our maker in a way that is more tangible, in a way that allows us to go on what Caleb would say as the adventure of a lifetime as we follow Jesus dynamically with our brothers and sisters around us. I also want to take a moment here, as I just mentioned, with our brothers and sisters around us. Okay, like it is, Lewis talks about this in The Four Loves, which is a phenomenal book. Uh, he has a whole chapter on friendship. And he says, like, modern day, uh, the modern world does not understand friendship. And the modern world doesn't understand friendship because the modern world has over-sexualized everything. Okay, and some of you are like, what? You're like, you're like, yes, I agree, but like, why? How does this play into this? How many of you have ever been in a situation where uh, you were being friendly with someone, maybe someone of the opposite sex, and they thought that you were interested in them? Ladies you're like, no, actually, I was just being a friend. Actually, that's just what it means to be kind. Do you know what I mean? That's what I was doing. That's not what that was, okay? I was not receiving it in that way. I was just being a person. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's like, but then there are, I mean, it seems like the, the women in, in the front, specifically, are really related to this. There are people that are like, but you made eye contact. Yeah, that's what adults do. Like, you know what I mean? That's how people talk to one another. We're then the bad guy. Okay, but in those moments where it's like our, our culture is like, okay, I saw the two of them, and they walked out of the coffee shop together, and I think that they might have touched. Okay? It was on the elbow. Okay? With the, with the long sleeves on. Okay? Yeah, not, not the bare elbow. That would be too much. Okay? Like, see? Exactly. Like, that's, too, that's too much. That's too much. Okay, and I believe that our, our relationships, like the family of God, the New Testament uses familial language all the time. And that we are brothers and sisters, that we are in this together. And it is possible for us to build friendships with a lot of different people to pursue Jesus together. And we don't have to get into this weird culture where every interaction is like a sexually charged interaction. Even though you are 18 to 21 years old, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Arthur. <laughs> okay, and so I want to give those two disclaimers. So I'm just talking about spiritual friendships here. Proverbs 13:20 says, "Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm." If you want to be wise, hang out with wise people. If you want to love Jesus dynamically, hang out with people that love Jesus dynamically. If you want to read your Bible more, hang out with people that read their Bible. If you want to talk about God more, hang out with people that talk about God. And if you're in relationships right now and you're like, I just wish this wasn't happening, may I encourage you to go first? 
good friendships initiate. And we can't always find ourselves like, I wish that they would call me first. Or I wish that they would do this first. I wish they would do that first. I wish they would lead the way. I wish this would happen. Or I wish this would just ask for it. And have real conversations with your friends and talk with them and say, I wish that this was happening. Can we do this? I would like to go on this journey. What if they get pissed? What, yeah, right? Yeah, and so this is like, like what happens if they're like, I don't, I don't want to do that? Well, then I think that you now have a better definition of what your friendship is, and now you're not constantly frustrated that it's not there. Okay, because the difference between like your expectations and reality, if it's a large gap between what you hope for and what's actually happening, this gap is just filled with frustration. And in that moment, like Brene Brown says, clarity is kindness. And then as you know, like this is what we're actually going to do, then it brings the expectations down and the re- as the reality meets that expectation, that you're not in a state of constant frustration. And sometimes you have friends for a season. And you're thankful for the season that they were with you on, but they just don't want to go on the next part of the journey. And if I like knew Lord of the Rings better, I would make an analogy there, but I don't. I don't, I don't know that. You know what I mean? The ring's probably too heavy. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is that close? It's not close. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. All right, our next point is that friends encourage one another. Here's the thing. Uh, As I'm talking about these things, it would do you well to not only evaluate the friendships that you have, but to also evaluate yourself and the way in which you act in friendship. Does that make sense? If all you take from tonight is an application for your neighbor, you're doing it wrong. Okay? Like, as we're learning what it means to be spiritual friends and to go on this journey with other people, it's good for us to apply this to ourselves and how we uh, interact with our friends around us. Proverbs 16.24 says that gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You guys have ever heard the phrase, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me? That is, like, patently not true. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't understand, like, why that was the thing that we, like, our parents taught us when we were kids. It's like, no, actually, those words hurt a lot more. I would just much rather you hit me with a stick, right? Like, 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 just hit the stick, like, the rock, like, anything but those names that I'm going to repeat over in my mind over and over again. And the way to combat bullies, the way to combat people who are not kind, is to have people in your life who are speaking life and love over you. And who, like, gracious words are a honeycomb. They are sweet to the soul. They give us life. And that these are the friendships that we are trying to build. Friendships that would give us life, that we would encourage one another. Now look, I am as sarcastic, if not more, than the next person. Okay, I love sarcasm. It's a bit of my love language. Okay, so I have to be very careful with how that comes across and what I say in certain situations and what I say to certain people because sometimes it is not kind. All too often it is not kind. And that I need to be more gracious with my words. And you know when this is really great, Kai often? When you're gracious with your words about someone to someone else. 
And as you're talking about like how great your friend is, and as you're telling in house prayer, like, man, so and so just like they just like they went out of their way to bless me this week. Like we all saw Kayla do it tonight with Leah. Like, and you are right, those eyes, like right, like with that <laughs> smile. It's just like it's like unassuming, welcoming. It's one of the things that we all love about Leah is that we could we could give her anything. And she's going to give you a gracious word back. And like, as we talk well about the community to which we live in, as we talk well about the friends in which we have, as we're like, man, like this is amazing. I love this about this person. Like one of the one of the phrases that we say often is like, put a crown over their head and allow them to grow into it. So I would encourage you, Kyle, but like, like put a crown over your housemates, over your friends' heads. Not only to them, but also to those people around you, so that they may be encouraged. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I think what the proverb here is like making, I don't think it's making a juxtaposition in this moment between a friend and a brother. I think that it is leaning into the familial language of the kingdom of God. That a friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. That you need friends in your life that will be there for you if and when you hit rock bottom. Like when you find yourself with nowhere else to go, you need to have friends in your life that you can turn to. That you can say, I am at the end of it. I don't know how I got here. I'm not proud that I got here, but I need your help. Will you help me? And you need to be able to call them, and you need to know that they're going to get in their car and drive to you, that they're going to knock down some doors for you, that they're going to do whatever it takes to be with you in that moment, and then they're not going to hold it over your head. And we need to be friends where anyone can come to us at any time with anything. To be able to be truly vulnerable with one another. To hold one another accountable, but to love no matter what the circumstances. Love is a key word in the biblical text. And that a true friend loves each other and is close in those times of deep need. Our next point is that friends offer and listen to advice. Okay, uh, Proverbs 12:15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 19:20 says, "Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise." Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you didn't know what to do? Right? Like, have you ever found yourself where you're trying to pick a major, you're trying to look for an internship, you're trying to pick a place to live, you're trying to pick a potential partner, if you know what I mean? Like, you found yourself in these situations, you're like, I just don't know what to do, I don't know what this looks like, I don't know what the way to go is. This would be a good time to gather around you what I would call a wisdom council. To grab those friends that are closer than a brother, that are closer than a sister, those friends that know you, have known everything about you, have known your ins and your outs, your ups and your downs, like your, your wins and your sins, your highs and your lows, your nopes and your dopes, your roses and your thorns, right, and your buffaloes, whatever you call them. 
and like having friends like this that can help you make decisions. Because the, the way in which like the typical person in a room like this makes a decision, especially if you're spiritual, is you go into a room by yourself, you close your eyes really hard, and you try to shake God into telling you something. Like, Lord, I'm not leaving this room until you tell me what my major's going to be. And it's like, well, I mean, actually, you're really bad at chemistry, so it's not that. <laughs> and your friends can tell you that. Like, it's me. Like, I'm really bad at chemistry. Like, I had no business taking one of those classes, right? Okay? And, like, you need people in your life that can look you in the eye and tell you the truth and offer you good advice. This is where my friend Duran comes into play. Okay? So it is, let's call it the fall of 2017. Uh, Esther had just been born in July. I'm working at UVA at the time with Kaiapha, um, and like the Lord is doing amazing things in the ministry. It's like it's a blast. We're having the time of our life. We're truly on the adventure of a lifetime. And I feel this like still small voice in my spirit where the Lord is asking Katie and I to consider moving to JMU to start what you now know as JMU Kaiapha. I'm like I don't know about that. Like I'm not sure. I found myself like, I don't, like, who am I going to talk to about this? Okay, so I've got like the guys in my small group that I'm hanging out with, but it feels like like they've got some, they have some vested interest in me staying, um, and I've got some other people that I know, uh, but then I have this friend that has become a dear friend in my time at UVA, and his name's Duran. And Duran and I would get together for coffee at a place called Grit. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, and so it's at the end of Ellywood Avenue. Uh, my roommate in college actually started it um, and then sold it. Uh, he's like a world famous photographer at this point in his life. What a life, let me tell you. Um, and so we're meeting for coffee and I'm like, hey man, I just, over the course of the semester, I'm in a discernment season and I would love to be able to talk with you about what is going on in my life. And Duran and I spent that semester traveling together and talking about like, what my, what our future would be. Is this wisdom for us? Is this what we should do? Is this the way forward? Should we make this decision? What's a pro-con list? What, what are our giftings? What would it look like for our family? And we just kind of laid it all out over the course of a semester as we gathered together a cup of coffee. We took turns one by one week, one by the next week. Because that's kind, I guess. I don't know. It felt equitable. It was fun. It's like, ooh, it's not my week to pay. It's free, right? Um, <laughs> Actually, I'm paying for two. It's like, oh, you know, no big deal. And we, and I was really grateful for the questions that he would ask. As he would look at it from a different angle and I had been looking at it. Well, have you thought about this? And what would this look like? And he's like, actually, did you know that I went to JMU? I, I did not know that. Uh, did you know that I'm on the alumni board right now? I did not know that either. This is all tremendously helpful. Uh, and so he was able to like get, give some texture to the questions that we were having and to the prayers that we were praying. And then ultimately, spoiler alert, the Lord led us to move here, right? So we showed us in the fall of 2019. Uh, Paul's never been the same since. And so, and so there's this sense that you all need wise people in your life who can help you make decisions. It would do well for you if they're not all your age. That you would find people that are further down the road than you. 
that have walked a different season of life, that have seen different parts of you, and that you can then be able to make wise choices. Now, also, the flip side of this is that a good friend offers advice. One, you must listen to the advice, and two, you must be able to offer advice. If you find your friends going down a path that is not helpful to them, and you don't offer advice to get them off that path, that is not kind. That is not friendship. It feels like friendship, but it's not. Okay, this is like a, one of the difficulties that I have with social media. Uh, because uh, you can be in the middle of a doom scroll, right? And you find yourself doom scrolling uh, through all these different pictures of all these different things that people are doing and saying. And then you get to one of your friends, and they post something that you know is neither true nor helpful for them. And what do we do in that moment? Double tap, and we move right along. Because we don't know what else to do with our friends when they're in those moments. And it's like, well, I have to double tap it. I saw it, and so I have to like this. I have to give my thumbs up to this. I have to say that this was the right decision. I have to say that that was a good word, because that's what friends do. Actually, it's not what friends do. What friends do is tell the truth. What friends do is offer advice. What friends do is encourage people to move into something bigger and better for themselves. There it is. Because friends sharpen one another. Proverbs 27, 6 says that wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And we find ourselves in situations where everything around us is always positive. That every decision that we're making, our friends have no problem with. That might not be a healthy place to be. But wounds from a friend can be trusted. Uh, I have a dear friend that we'll call Andrew. Because that's his name, right? Uh, and so Andrew was my small group leader my first year of college. And this is uh, not in my notes, but... Um, and I found myself uh, in a situation um, with uh, doing things that I was not proud of. I didn't, I didn't, I just thought everybody did it. I wasn't sure, like, well, I guess if everybody does it, I guess I'm just going to do that. And Andrew sat down with me over ice cream. Good conversations always happen over ice cream, right? And he said, hey, like, you should probably stop doing that. I'm like, you're right. I should. And it took a long time to stop. But I'm really grateful for that conversation. And that in that moment of tension and of frustration and fatigue and like not knowing which way was up and which way was down, like I'm grateful that he had the courage to speak truth into my life and into that situation. I'll close with this one, Proverbs 27:17 says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, maybe you guys don't spend a lot of time with iron um, to sharpen, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like sharpen my iron on the weekends, you know what I mean? Like, like all the time. Uh, here's, here's, as I look at like the image of iron sharpening iron, right, these two iron things, uh, 
swords, uh, let's say swords in the moment, right? Knives, swords, I don't know, there's something, right? Um, being sharpened by one another. What I know about friendships is that friendships were never meant to be parasitic. Okay, in the sense that there is like a host and a parasite. Friendships were meant to be mutually beneficial. Friendships were, were built for us to both grow, not for us to feel like our friend is the project that we've taken on. And so as we build spiritual friendships, I would encourage you to like mutually benefit one another, to share, and to be in life together. Because this is the way that God has created it. Your brain was wired for this. Your God has wired you for this. That you would be built for community. And that your friendships can, can enrich and enliven your lives. I look back at my time in college. And like much like you, I was in Chi Alpha for however many number of years. And the Lord blessed me richly with deep friendships in college. I'm so thankful with the young men that I lived with, with the people that I was in majors with, the people that I traveled around with, people that were in my small groups like this. They were deep and meaningful friendships. And a select few of them have lasted till this day. And I went to college a long time ago. To where like we still have group texts, we still text them every day, and they we change the name based on whatever is happening next in the group text life. Um, and so it's like, like this is amazing. We can change the name of our group chat. We change the picture, like you know what I mean. Like and like we are active in the group chat. But then we also take time to see one another throughout the course of the year. Our kids know each other. Our kids call them aunt and uncle, like and they have become like brothers and sisters. And I don't know where I would be without them. I don't know where our family would be without them. And I'm deeply grateful for those friendships. And I think that that is what you can build out of this room, Kyle. I think that you can have friendships in which you would be in each other's weddings. Where you would fly across the country and help each other move. Where you would vacation together. Where your kids would call your friends aunt or uncle to where you can enrich your life and their lives by the way in which you treat one another on a spiritual journey together. So as we talk about friendships, we talk about spiritual friendships and, and, and building our relationships around Christ, it feels fitting that tonight we would close with communion. Um, and so uh, the team is going to gather in the back. Yeah. Man, it's aggressive. <laughs> um, Okay, so the team's going to gather in the back, uh, and we're going to take communion uh, as the community tonight. Um, communion, uh, I'm going I'm to read to you a passage in 1 Corinthians. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians about uh, communion. Verse uh, chapter 11, verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. 
Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're going to take part in communion together tonight as a community. And communion is something that the church has done for thousands of years. That as they gathered together on, on like at the birth of the nation church, of the New Testament church, as we, as we saw her form, we know that they took communion together. As churches were formed throughout Asia Minor and throughout the Mediterranean, as they gathered together in people's homes, they broke bread and they drank together. And they found themselves in this, in this moment of holy expression that was deeply communal. That as you, Chi Alpha, take this bread, that as you, Chi Alpha, take this cup, that you would proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, and that we, as a community centered on Christ, take part in this, like, in this meal, in this remembrance meal, as a community, because communion was always meant to be for the community of God. This is how the church has, like, this, one of the ways in which the church has distinguished herself for centuries is through this remembrance moment. So as we, uh, you know, later in First Corinthians, it's going to say like if you have a if you have a problem with a brother or sister, to to go and talk to them before you would take communion. And it's this sense that like the community really deeply matters to God because God is relational. And so as we take this, I would like for you to just take some moments and just to reflect on your own spiritual friendships. Like, what are the ways in which you have people in your life that are encouraging you towards love and good deeds, that are encouraging you towards godliness, and then prepare to take this uh, remembrance meal together? We do have uh, gluten-free bread uh, at this station, or right there, yeah, right, okay? Uh, and then we have full gluten bread yeah. over here <laughs> at this yeah. station. Yes. Yes. So that's all gluten-free. So, no, we just have some blue. Okay. Okay, I got you. Bet. Okay, so both. Okay, I got I'm with you now. So, but if, if you're gluten free, only go here. Yes, right? Yeah, okay, gotcha. I'm just making sure they know, right? I'm just trying to, okay?